Let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you know what you're doing. And as we sang, we trust in you. We trust in you. We trust in you. So we know that whatever you're doing, Lord, is for our good. Help us to perceive what you're saying to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I thought, um, well, the reason I say about God, God's ways are not our ways, I mean, it's, it's the 9th of March since I spoke the last time. And we've had, I think it's John and then Tony and then Simon last week. And I remember when I finished, I said, right, I'm going to take some time and just try to discern from God what I need to be bringing for the next little period of time. And I thought of actually doing a three series thing. And what happened was, as the time went on, I mean, I want to encourage you in your prayer times to pray for those who bring the word each Sunday. Because we take it seriously. It's not something on a Saturday night we look up and say, well, I've got to share tomorrow. I mean, I like to get my preparation done by Thursday. And then I can prepare myself the last couple of days. Now, I, I can't stand here and say that's the way it works. I wish it, I wish it was. Um, but a lot of the time it is. But it, and certainly this week it wasn't. And I had four weeks, and that's why I'm saying this, I had four weeks in, in, in one way to be praying and thinking about this. But then I thought... Um, I thought it would be good to get a bit of feedback from the prayer and fasting. Because sometimes we set aside time and I really enjoyed uh, the three nights, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, where we came here. And you know, it wasn't, it wasn't big numbers, but it wasn't about big numbers. Prayer is not about numbers. It's great when more people come to pray, don't get me wrong. But you know, if we're only coming to a meeting and not engaging, we'd be better at home. It's actually the same as Sunday mornings. See, there has to be a burden on our heart to pray. We've got to come to that place where we realize that prayer is the answer for everything. Our connection with God is what it's about. None of us in this room came into the kingdom without somebody praying. We may not know who it is, or you may know who it is, but I'll tell you, nobody, because it's a spiritual thing. Somebody has to intervene somewhere along the line. Like God said to Jeremiah, who's going to stand in the gap? Somebody stood in the gap for me. Somebody stood in the gap for you. Who are you standing for? Because that's the way it works. And I know many of you are standing by faith for members of your family. And that's wonderful. And we'll maybe come to that a little bit later on. <clears throat> if there was a title for today, it would be the Word of the Lord. I actually put it, I didn't put it. If you've got making a difference uh, in 2014, you see, we often think of what we need to do to make a difference, don't we? You know, what do I need to do to make a difference? Well, we've looked at that about our calling and love and a few other things. But this morning, just for this short time, what I want to do is, I want us to focus on the Word of God making a difference in our lives. That's how we'll make a difference in 2014. You see, I don't want us to be the same in, a, in, in two months' time. 
Our faces may be the same. We may even be wearing some of the same clothes. But in our inner person, if we're not growing and developing, what are we doing? Because when God sends His Word, remember uh, later on in Isaiah 55, He says, The word I send will not return to me void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which I send it. So every word of God, whether it's a personal prophecy, whether it's from the Bible, whether it's something God has spoken to you individually or somebody else has spoken over you, there's a purpose for it. And it's not just to say, wow, that was great. That's great if that happens. But you know what? In my experience, that happens. That doesn't happen that often. It's in the plodding day by day. Day by day. Ralph Fiennes, at the age of 65, after four attempts, I think it was, finally conquered Everest. And he was asked, what was the secret to conquering Everest? You know what he said? I've learned how to plod. I have learned how to plod. And you know what? In the Christian life, we need to know, learn how to plod. How to put one foot in, step of, uh, in front of the other on days when it's grey and murky and sunny and we don't feel the anointing to do it. But we just do it anyway. Because that's what we're meant to do. There's something that... And you know, if you're just a young believer and a number of you are, somebody here this morning just gave their life to the Lord last week. I rang them up through the week. I said, I heard there was good news through the week. And they weren't ready, but they were ready last week. You may be sitting here and you've never given your life to the Lord. This might be your day. You might be ready today. Why not? But we often th- we need to let the Word take effect in us. And, and the ultimate goal of the Word is pretty basic. And pretty simple and pretty focused. It's to make us more like Jesus. It's how do we resemble Him? We can talk to the cows, come home. But if somebody doesn't see it in us, what are they seeing? They're seeing us. They're not seeing Him. So as we, we sat down through the week and just a, a few thoughts on, pray, on the prayer and fasting and feedback. Now you may have some that aren't down here in these notes. That's fine. What I would say to you, please come and share them with us. Either afterwards or send a text or write them out. We want to know because we want to gather together. But here's a few. More than ever, it is not a time for drawing back. But it's a time for pushing through. Because when the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And, but that's not meant to be individually. That's meant to be corporately. That we're, we're, we're shoulder to shoulder. You know that song that Ireland, the rugby team, sing? I, I, said, I said at the gathering, I'd love to sing that. Standing shoulder to shoulder, we'll answer Ireland's call. That's what the church should be doing. We need to be answering the call of, of God for Ireland on our hearts. And I want to encourage you, you can do it. Turn to somebody and say, you can do it. (laughs) You can do it. You see, the wonderful thing, the wonderful thing about this move of God is, it's not going to be superstars that do it. It's going to be ordinary people like you and me. And we're just going to stand together and we're going to get the stuff done. It's going to happen because God has decreed it. 
We've locked horns with the enemy. As a little fellowship this size, some of the sicknesses that we're facing are beyond reason nearly. And it nearly seemed to be at the start of the year there was a phone call and there was another one. And there was a phone call and there was another one. We've locked horns with the enemy, but listen, our focus is not to be the enemy. Our focus is to be God. Because He wants us to focus on Him. Our focus is God. As I listened to people's prayers through the the month, one of the things that really pleased me was a genuine desire for more of God. And I want to commend you for that. Remember at the start of the year we wrote out our lists, our, our, our hopes for 2014. We put down one or two things in the sheet. And I think almost half the people said they wanted a closer walk with God. And we need to look at that and see, well, how do we, how do we pursue that? How do we facilitate that as leaders? Because that's a great desire. And we can't give you that desire. We're obviously doing something right as a church together to create that. But that's a spiritual thing. God has to do that in our hearts. And it's only Him can do it. And here's one. How easily we settle for things in our lives that keep us from walking and keeping in step with the Spirit. We all do it, folks. We all do it. Listen to this little one-liner. What we tolerate, we will never change. What we tolerate, we will never change. You tolerate anything in your life that's not good, you'll never change it. You'll make excuses for it, but you'll never change it. And then with the, with the onslaught of sickness, we can tend to think of sickness as the enemy. And uh, Diane shared this one, and she just said, said, felt the Lord said to her one time, just as she was praying uh, for, for certain situations, sickness is not the enemy, the enemy is the enemy. Let's keep our focus. Because we can get so sidetracked. As a young believer, I remember reading the Bible. And it was only early, early teens. And I saw Jesus coming into towns and healing people and all of that. And I said, all that needs to happen is for a few people to be raised from the dead and Ireland will be saved. Do you know what? If that, if that happened, it, wouldn't, it would not save Ireland. It took me a, lo- it took me a lot of years to realise that. Because even in Jesus' day, whenever people came back from the dead, they were astonished, but they didn't all become believers. And it's about us as uh, maturing as a church and as individuals. It's, we're, we're on a process here, and it's over. It's over time. We need. I was nearly going to bring you know the L plate. So many people are learning to drive in, in the church at the minute. Anybody learning to drive? One, two, right, that's okay. Well, you know, you don't go out without the L plate. And if you're an experienced driver and you get behind the L plate driver, of course you show them great patience, don't you? And you say, bless them, they're learning. And you're trying to get somewhere fast and you're thinking, oh, come on. And you're looking to see, well, will they overtake? And you know you shouldn't because it'll frighten the life out of them. But I'll be honest, sometimes I do overtake. Well, you know what? I think we should walk around with L plates on as Christians. Because we need to always be learning. When we think we've got it figured out, guess what? We haven't. 
We need to always be learning. And I think over the month there's a gut feeling God is at work. Now in one way you can say, oh sure he's at work all the time. But no, I think, what certainly what I've received is a fresh excitement and a fresh anticipation of something going to happen. And I want to encourage you in that. You may or may not say amen to that. Or you may want to say amen but you feel you can't. Let me encourage you, you can. Amen. Do you know how you do it? You say amen. 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 That's, that's what you do. It's by faith. It's by faith these things come. And I know, I, I, I can't remember, uh, probably about six weeks ago, I read the words to two songs, old hymns. One was, my hope is built on nothing less. And the other one was, I actually wrote it out for you in the notes, standing on the promises of God. I didn't realize then that there was a prophetic significance in what I was reading. And I'm just going to read this through. Standing in the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. You see, it starts with worship. It continues in worship, and it finishes in worship. It's all about... It's His presence coming in. It says, Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. And then the, the chorus is, is, Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Saviour. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Now, I, I, we, I was with Laura and Brenda outside the hospital. It was the first night, well, one of the first nights that Laura was in and staying in, in, a, in a temporary place. And I remember putting it on, putting it on the phone, and we played it. And it was this—I don't know if you're in the country and western. Some people are, and some people hate it. I won't say anything about what was said in the car, but it was a country and western style. And uh, look it up for yourself, and you can, you'll see what I mean. But then here. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. Now do we believe that? That the promises of God cannot fail? One person does. <laughs> we, need to, we need to sort this issue out. Because the key thing is, that we're, we're, it's not promises that we are hoping are promises. It's not presumption on our part. It's not hoping. But if God has said it, as sure as I'm standing here, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how we believe. It says, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. Doubt and fear are two of the enemy's tactics, aren't they? Yes. It's just, oh well, no, that might not happen. What if? What if? In other words, has God really said, does that sound familiar to, to Adam and Eve? In one way, he hasn't changed any of his tactics. He gets us to doubt what God has said. And you know, we fall for it so often. We've got to cop on sometime and say, Come on, yes, God has really said, shut up. That's what we need to do in order to shut that, 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 that accusing voice, that voice that will bring fear, that voice that will just sow doubt. And you know once it happens, if we give in to it, we're on a slippery slope. And it is so hard to get back to where we were. So if you're hearing a little voice saying, well, you know, I know what he's saying is, uh, yeah, no. Just call his bluff and just say, yes, God has really said and I'm believing him. 
I'm going to stand on that promise. It says, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. It has to be living. We sat with somebody on Friday. And I tell you, there's no point in you reading your Bible every day. That's a good thing to do. Now, this is maybe a contradiction, but I'll explain it. There's no point in you reading it for the sake of reading it the way you read a book. It won't do you any good, any good really. Because it has to be the Spirit of God breathing the breath of God from the page to your spirit. Otherwise, we just get knowledge. And what does knowledge do? Puffs up. What does love do? Builds up. So, it's a living word. We've got to come to the word and say, Lord, I need, I need to feel the breath today again. I need to feel the breath of your word Standing on the promises, I now can see. Listen to this. Perfect present cleansing in the blood for me. We're free from sin. We're cleansed from sin. But why do we go about as if we're guilty? Somebody says, because we are. (laughs) But you know what? When we get a revelation of this, see it has to be by the Spirit of God we're free. Actually, Paul says in Romans 6, sin has lost its power over us. But why do we give it the power? Oh, well, I couldn't help. Rubbish. Of course you can help it. Because you decided to do it. Whatever it is. Relationship, money issues, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. You decided to make a decision. Adam and Eve decided to make a decision. You know what? As soon as they made it, They were totally unaware of their nakedness. But as soon as they made that decision, they became aware. They spoiled something that was unique. That was perfect. That was paradise. That was utopia. And that's what we would have been born into, I believe, if they hadn't have sinned. And that's God's intention. He's always calling us back to what he wants. But the, th- the, the struggle is with us. Do we really want it? Do we really want it? It says, standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. It's Jesus makes us free. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to him eternally. By love's strong cord. You know, it doesn't depend on our performance. Tony was sharing that earlier on. Thank God it doesn't. Because you know what? One day we'd get it right and the next day we'd get it wrong. Because we're up and down and in and out like a yo-yo. And God wants us to bring a stability and a maturing that we come to the place where even if we lose everything, I will yet praise Him. That's That's what God wants. He wants to bring us to that place that it doesn't matter if everybody turns against me, I'm still going to follow after him. Overcoming daily by the Spirit's word. See this here? The Spirit's sword. Overcoming daily. You've got your your weapons there. Learn them. It's not just about trying to memorize scripture. It's for battle purposes. It's a serious issue. Please don't tell me you have a bad memory because you'll be hurt in the battle if you can't call to mind certain scriptures at certain time. Learn them. Ask God to give you one a week. 
This time next year you'll have 52 that you'll be able to call. It works. That's all I can say. I thank God as a young boy I was taught to memorize scripture. You know what? Today I can still remember. It was a different uh, translation. It was the these and those. But I can still remember them. And I thank God for it. But I had that as a blessing. At the time I maybe didn't think it was a blessing. Um, standing on the promises. Standing on the promises I cannot feel. Listening every moment. Or fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. See, it's a moment by moment. It's a li- That's what encouraged me about the gathering. They were listening. They weren't saying, this is the agenda, God, come and bless it. And these were some of these people were mature leaders. But they were willing to set down their maturity. They were willing to set down their knowledge. They were willing to set down their experience and just listen. And that almost anyone just come up whenever they had something to share or to, to work through that that takes a certain amount of maturity but it's, 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 it's um, every moment we need to be listening resting in my saviour that's another what thing why, do, why, why are we not resting as we should because we're, 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 we're frazzled Graham talks about his hasselometer reading and we get we get hassled, and sometimes the, the reading is way up, and sometimes you just need to come down and just say, "2014." Uh, at the start, remember this. I actually wrote this out for you because uh, it's a word that Sarah Joy brought to us at the start of the year. 2014 is going to be a year of maturing for River of Life. Whenever I see that word maturing, it means growth and all of that. But you know what? It means hardship as well. You can't mature without certain knocks. Just as a baby moves from milk to solid fuel, so River of Life will move, will begin to, to grow, develop and learn at a new level. Greater intimacy. Now listen to these things here. Greater intimacy. Intimacy. Who wants that? Of course we do. And guys, we need to learn about that. Women, it's much more natural for a woman to be intimate. But we need to learn how to be intimate with God the Father. God the Holy Spirit. God the Son. And you know, we, we, at times we have to fight that. There's going to be a greater, a greater intimacy, a, fuller under, a, fur, a further understanding. Who wants that? You don't want to stay where you are, do you? Is this it? We want a, we want more under a deeper knowledge of the word. There's right in the middle. You see, it, it's 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 His word that He's given us, and it's got to be in us. A deeper knowledge in the word, and it's, that should be, and a greater dynamic of right. Reach. I left out the word dynamic, just to make sure you weren't sleeping. A greater dynamic of outreach. You know, that's part of what the shelter's about, and it's not the only thing now, but it's one thing. We don't put all our, 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 our eggs in one basket. River of Life will step into a noticeable place of maturity and this will happen as a body. It's not just one or two. We're going here together and the question is, are you going with us? Are you coming? Are you coming for the ride as it were? The old, has, the old will be gone as the new has come. 
and only not only a new start but rather a further step a deeper calling and a stronger stability that's a good picture of maturing isn't it and I want you to look at that and I want you to meditate upon it and if you get anything from it share it with us it's not just about the leaders making all the decisions we need to be hearing God and sometimes we hear and sometimes we hear through other people as well that's what being part of the body is about folks our time is up and I'm not going to rush through because there's something I want to really bring and I might do that next week and look for 14 to 30 there's a, there's a number of things that I just feel um, is important there um, but that's the passage from Isaiah 61 <laughs> that's the passage from Isaiah 61 and what I want to do is, uh, to finish with I want you to picture we're in a synagogue, it's a Sabbath we're Jews no we're not Jews I'm, not, I'm just um, picture this okay um, there needed to be a minimum of 12 people to create a synagogue we've more than 12 people thank God so we're in, a, we're in the synagogue and I suppose in one way it was a bit like waiting on the spirit and then this happened we're waiting on the spirit and we're all sitting down I don't know what way they were sitting in rows or a circle and then someone came and gave a scroll to somebody and the person took the scroll and it says he opened the scroll and started to read from it and this is what he said you know who that person was Jesus himself he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour you know what he did after he did that in the presence of them all he rolled the scroll up again I don't know whether he put a little bow on it like this that was on it he gave it back and he sat down and then tongues started to talk so he got up again and he said today in your presence this scripture is fulfilled I would like you for next week to look up that scripture look for 14 to 30 and as you do I just want to ask two questions and we'll pick this up next week Jesus said the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to do certain things 
And as you think about that through the week, I want to, I want to ask you two questions to ponder. And we'll pick up on them next week. What is on you? What is on you? When you're asked to describe yourself, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Because I've discovered, and I know I've battled through and, and still have to battle through, some negative stuff that has either been put on me or I've put on myself. But there's usually one or two major things. And I just want to say, ask God next, through the week, what's on you? What's on you? And the other thing, when you, when you do that, ask him. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Two, what has God anointed you to do? So there's stuff on us. At times it may be the Spirit of God, but a lot of the other times it's not the Spirit of God. But we'll look at that next week and we'll, we'll maybe have just a ministry time around that next week of seeing how can we shift some of this stuff. Because the, these are the things that hinder us from moving and keeping in step with the Spirit. And then when we deal with that, then we'll say, right Lord, now what are we anointed for? What am I anointed for individually? And what is my part within the body that I'm anointed for to bring a corporate expression? Is that okay? Yes. So let's, let's do that for next week.